Hey everyone, welcome to The Front Porch. I'm Brian. Today I'm gonna to talk to Adam Syed Mortaza. He's one of our software engineers here at Point of Rental. Uh, we had a good talk. Um, we talked about his journey, obviously, to Point of Rental, how he got here, what he does here it, it is also helpful. We learned that he was a team lead, even though that information is not included on his workplace uh, bio. We worked on a lot of discussion about uh, higher education and where people should go, what you should think about when you're making the decision to either opt into higher education or decide, hey, maybe it's not for me. Anyway, Adam was a pretty interesting person to talk to. I think you'll enjoy the interview. Uh, so I hope you do. And if you do, uh, rate us, subscribe, review, share us with a friend. Thank you for listening today. Uh, enjoy. Welcome to The Front Porch with Brian Beaudry. All right. Uh, I'd like to welcome today's guest, one of our software engineers here in the United States, Adam Syed Mortaza. Adam, welcome to The Front Porch. Hello, hello. Thank you for inviting me to the front porch. Good. Did I get your name right? Because it's, it. it's a long one. So. Uh, it's, you know. It, it seems straightforward, it, though. It looks the way it sounds, but it looks intimidating to a lot yep. of people. So yes. It, it is Sayed Mortaza. So. Sayed Mortaza. Yep. Okay, cool. So let's start with the basics. Uh, who are you? Where are you from? And what is your caffeinated beverage of choice? All right. So I'm Adam Sayed Mortaza, <laughs> as we already established. Uh, where I'm from, Texas, Irving, Texas, but grew up in Lebanon, uh, or a decent portion of the childhood. Uh, and Wait, Lebanon, Texas, or Lebanon, the country? The country. Okay. Yeah, my mom is Lebanese, so lived there for a bit. And what my caffeinated beverage, beverage of choice? I mean, if it has caffeine, then yes. <laughs> okay, so there's not really a choice. Well, prefer a, a, something with espresso, but okay, you'll see me walking around with a monster often. <laughs> okay, uh, let, let's get off to the start that we usually get off to, which All is, right. what did you want to be when you were a kid? Whenever you first remembering having that answer of like, <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, as a kid, that answer was a doctor. Okay. That's what I wanted to be. I mean. That's one of the usual things kid wants. And you see it in media and it's like, okay, a doctor is a thing that people can be. Yeah. Usually with kids, either a doctor, or astronaut, or a pirate. So thankfully I didn't choose the pirate. <laughs> I chose the doctor. Yeah. And well, obviously that's not where I'm at. <laughs> not, not not quite. So yeah. how how close did you get to being a doctor? When did you realize, you know what? Nah, let's not do this doctor thing. Well, I kind of still have the interest. Like, I'm interested in biology. I've always loved biology. But I found as I progressed more and more in education, I found more passion towards math, physics, sciences in general, more than biology specifically. So I love the numbers, the data, the puzzles. Uh, well, I guess as a doctor, depending on which path you choose, there's a lot of puzzles there. That's true. So, And sometimes those are a little more life or death pressing and you have that person like <laughs> depending on you looking at you and that maybe yeah. that's a little more intimidating. It, I completely agree. Yes. It's a lot more stressful. Um, yeah. It's a lot more critical. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. 
I, I want to start off with some of the stuff that you did before you got to pointer final. You haven't always been a pointer. Yep. Um, so was, was there anything that I wouldn't assume that you did before, before getting here? Oh, like, I assume, lot. you know, you're, you're a developer, so you must've been developing, but did you do anything other than that? Oh yeah. There's a lot. You definitely wouldn't assume that I've done. I've been, I entered the workforce very young, like, 15 probably okay and yeah i've worked a little bit of everything pretty much uh one of the ones that you wouldn't assume i worked in an embroidery factory working on machines doing you know different things embroidering stuff the, so you're working on the machines so other people can embroider or are you embroidering god that's a hard word to say yeah i know <laughs> Uh, both, but I was embroidering also. Awesome. Yeah. Or mainly, I, I would say. Uh, I've worked a whole bunch of jobs. In my early 20s, I worked in the food business. I climbed my way to a general manager of a restaurant. And I've, I've, I've worked a lot of jobs. Is there a reason that you went through a lot of jobs? I also have gone through a lot of jobs, and it's... For, for me, it was a case of like, ah, this isn't really what I want to do. And I just kept kind of trying to figure out where I was going. Is that what you were doing or? Not exactly. <laughs> for me, it was more of out of necessity than passion. Okay. Um, you didn't have a passion for embroidery? Definitely not. <laughs> My passion have always, as far as I can remember, uh, from a young age, it's been technology, tech in general, software, hardware. That's been the passion. But as I was saying, more of a necessity, you know, whatever I was able to work at the time, I just jumped into it until opportunity opened up to lean back and, you know, get back to tech. Yeah. So I can imagine not too many people are hiring 15-year-old uh, developers and, yeah and that kind yeah of stuff. it definitely was in developer material back then <laughs> didn't know a lot yeah <laughs> other well i kind of knew <laughs> html css like okay. every nerd in the late 90s like a proper nerd yeah late, late 90s early 2000s definitely uh the usual you know messing with myspace and creating your custom yeah page oh yeah we're, we, I was cool. And tell me, tell me about your MySpace. Did you have the auto-playing songs on there? Or you just I don't remember thing? the details, but I'm <laughs> fairly certain I did that. Okay, I'm pretty certain I did a whole bunch of. I was gonna say, if if you remembered, then I did want to know what song was your was your jam. Oh, uh, I I can't remember. Probably something to do with Lincoln Park. I listened mm. to them a lot in the early 2000s. As did many people. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm just assuming here. I can't remember. And I'm fairly certain that was the truth. Okay, <laughs> good. I mean, I don't think we're going to check you on it. I, I don't have a way to <laughs> dig up MySpace. Yeah. Um, okay, so I asked that question, but really I did look through your LinkedIn. I did a little <laughs> bit of preparation, and I saw that you were an easy tech supervisor at Staples. Yep. Um. First of all, weird job title, but I assume it's related to the easy button thing, yeah. promo thing. Did people actually have to come up to your to your desk and like hit <laughs> an easy button, or how did that work? How were you summoned? 
That would have been nice, but actually they were phasing out those buttons mm, okay. <laughs> as I was working there. So unfortunately not, but I guess the title stayed. Um, and yeah, I wasn't summoned that way. It would have been nice. Yeah. Instead, I was summoned over PA. <laughs> okay. That's a little less uh, interesting, I guess. I agree. How do you feel about the, the title "Easy Tech Supervisor"? What, uh, was it easy to to handle, or definitely not? Because <laughs> that job title uh, included a lot of things, uh, including you know, leading team of techs. Uh, part of the responsibilities is the sale part. There is the operational part of you yeah. know, restocking, et cetera, et cetera. But the biggest part was repairing and you know talking to the customers figuring out their needs and doing the services and repairing their machines etc cetera, etc cetera. so hmm. well that that sounds like it would help you quite a bit as as a developer in the future then yeah yep good so how did you find your way to point of rental uh Honestly, I don't remember. I remember. <laughs> I just woke up here one day. And I was well, like, I guess I, I work don't know here how now. Exactly, I found Point of Rental, but okay. um, like which uh, through which means I mean. Yeah. But uh, I was in the previous job, uh, reaching the end of the rope. Like it's time to move on and yeah. look for something different. And I started looking and. I applied to Point of Rental. Next thing you know, I got a call from John Yielding. Had a phone interview with him. Then s told me I'll hear back from Jason. But they were going to the ARA show at the time, so I had to wait for a ah, while. Ah, the ARA show. Ah, good times. <laughs> yeah, I had to wait for a while until Jason called me and had the interview with him and came into the office. And I had a third one in person. And that's history. That's six years ago. So before you got here, had you heard of or thought about the the concept of rental software even? Not even a little. Mm. All right. We have that in common as well. It's yeah. Those things where it's like Apparently a lot of people here didn't even think about the rental industry or rental software per se. So yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a niche market, I would say, but that's a niche market that we dominate. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like you think about it and it's like, yeah, I guess – you really do need like yeah, really it makes sense when you think that. about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, your your job title is software engineer. That's not very specific, and it doesn't really give me a whole lot to to go on. So, what do you what do you actually do? Um, well, yeah, software engineer is a blanket term. <laughs> um, right now, what I'm doing is I'm a software developer, so I create the software. Uh, you know, design it, make it happen. Um, also, a team lead, but that title hasn't propagated yet, I guess. I don't know. It's been a while. I've I was been leading say, the team for two years. You've seemed like a leader to me, and I know that you, yeah, there's definitely, I've heard that you're a team lead. Yeah. I just don't know. I guess the title haven't propagated. Or it yeah. will eventually, hopefully, we'll figure that out. But yeah, uh, you know. The people you are leading know that you're the team leader, right? Yes, okay, I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> and my manager knows that, so it right. works. Uh, but yeah, making sure that, uh, so I would say my job split 50-50 between managing what the team is doing, removing roadblocks for them to be able to achieve their goals, 
um, get the software it needs to go, uh, talk to the right people, and also program myself. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an overview of <laughs> my responsibilities. So when you say the software, I know that we have, obviously we have several software platforms. Yes. Which one are, are you focused on? Currently, uh, well, now our team is called Null Pointers. Yeah, what does that mean? I, I saw that somewhere <laughs> on the list in one of these meetings, and I'm like, well, well what is that? It's a, it's a play on words. So po pointer being the point of rental pointer, but mm -hmm. also in programming, pointers are a where you point to a location in memory. So that's what usually you would call pointer, is you're saying, hey, this this specific bucket in memory, I'm trying to point at it to read or write a value. Null, in programming, null is the lack of existence of something. So when you say a number, you can say a zero, but that's still a number. Yeah. There is zero quantity. But if you want to say there is no number or there is nothing, yeah. you say null. So it's a play on word that this location memory is null, does not have anything in it, but also has the word pointer as in pointer rental employee. I got you. Well, yeah, that's that name is my brainchild. So <laughs> I take credit for that. Proud okay. of it. But what does it mean? Like what what um, software are you guys oh, yeah. specifically working on? Oh, man, you're asking. So you want the actual work. All right. So right now uh, we're, we're focused on creating a unified application, a microservice per se, uh, for payment. Okay. So previously, every time we wanted to integrate a new payment processor, every single team for every single product have to implement it differently uh, in their own language in their own stack. Um, obviously, there is a lot of overlap, so each team have to put the hours and effort into the integration. So when you look over the different products, they don't match 100%. Yeah. Um, that's aside from the wasted, between quotes, effort. Uh, so we decided to bundle it in one location yeah. where all the processor, the payment processors, credit cards, etc., are integrated into one application, which is PR Pay. That's the product that the Null Pointers team own today. Um, <clears throat> then, once and only once, the different applications, the different products we have, will integrate PR Pay. Only that one time. Anytime now we add a new processor, it should be available for them automatically. So, like I was saying earlier, instead of, let's say we want to integrate a ABC credit card company, instead of integrating it three, four, five times, we do it once and it's available for them. That sounds much more convenient. I agree. I, and I'm glad you guys are doing that. And that's the direction we're going in general. That's the whole idea. I'm pretty sure everybody around the company have heard micro apps, unified apps, uh, yeah, microservices, whatever the term is chosen. That's the idea. Instead of doing the same thing over and over again, we'll do it once and reuse it everywhere. Good. Okay. You mentioned that you are a, a manager. Well, yeah, you're, you're leading a group and you're responsible for producing your own code. 
Yes. How how do you balance that as as someone who's also starting to get a little bit responsible for <laughs> other people and also having to produce? I'm I'm worried about my ability to balance those. How how are you balancing them? It's it's always an active thing when you're wearing multiple hats. Um, there is no silver bullet of Damn how it. to do it the right way. <laughs> I mean, you can do your best of knowing. I would, if I have to give an advice, the best advice would be know the priority of of a task. Know what its priority. If it's something urgent, you have to move it to the top of the list. If something is not urgent, it's okay to let it not slide per se, but let it roll down the priority list. It's okay to not do everything right now, today, immediately. So okay. that, that well, would be my, my advice. My anxiety isn't going to make that comfortable. Oh, but, no, it, it yeah. won't. Trust me. <laughs> I'm the same way. I've, I've spent many nights continuing to work way past the time that I should stop because of that. But over time, you learn and that, yeah, sure, it sounds great on paper that you're working more hours than you should, but... Honestly, you'll learn really quick that you will get burnt out and you won't be able to produce what you've been producing if you do that. Yeah. So just know your limits and know the priority of the tasks. All right. Aside from your people and your inventory, your data is the most important thing to your business. But when disaster strikes, there may not be enough warning for you to protect it. That's why we recommend routinely backing up your data with off-site, cloud-based backup services. When disaster hits, whether it's a storm, fire, or an angry ex, you'll be back up and running in no time instead of spending months trying to restore your lost data. Contact Pointy Rental Support today at 800-944-7368, and our IT experts will recommend some services that have proven effective for our customers. All right, let's, let's go a different way before we get into... Your, your personal life sure. a little bit more. Well, non-professional, let's say. I want to play a game with you. Uh, how, how was I supposed to pronounce it? Syed Mortaza? Syed Mortaza. Syed Mortaza. Okay, yep. I'm going to get this right at some point. <laughs> Syed Mortaza or say no Mortaza. Of course. Um, if you agree with the statement or it's true, say Syed Mortaza. <laughs> if you disagree with it or it's not true, say say no Mortaza. All right. And then I'm going to need a reason. So sure. say Ed Mortaza or say no Mortaza. <laughs> You've lied about seeing a movie. Say Ed Mortaza. <laughs> and why Why did this happen? Or does this happen all the time? No, it does not happen all the time. Um, I think uh, if I remember correctly, I was in a the group of friends a while back. And it was one of those... Well, it was about uh, Star Wars, mm -hmm. and they were talking about the movies, and everybody, you know, must have seen Star Wars. Actually, I have not. I still haven't. They're on my list. <laughs> You've got a lot of things to see. I mean, I know. I, I mean, you would think something that major and that culturally impactful, I would have watched it by now, <laughs> or not it, them, the movies. Yeah, if, if you're going to say I'm a nerd, <laughs> then that's kind of one of those. Well, there's other movie series. Fair. That you can still be labeled as a nerd? I mean, as someone who has studied nerd culture, at least, <laughs> I, I feel like Star Wars is kind of so mainstream, it's not even really nerdy anymore. 
That's good point. That's a valid point. But yeah, uh, I remember, you know, them asking. And I said, "Oh yeah, I've watched them," and, and it's I haven't. I feel like it's a ubiquitous, ubiquitous enough in pop culture <laughs> that you can probably say like, "Oh yeah, percent of what's happening." Exactly. I, like, I can I can make all the references. Yeah. That because they're cultural references now more than movie references. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, well, that was going to be my, my follow-up. If you had said that you you never did that, then I was going to be like, well, what about in this case? But apparently that was the case. Yeah. All right. Say it Mortaza or say no Mortaza. If you were to appear on a game show, it would be Jeopardy. I don't know why I picked that particular one, but it just seems – you seem like a guy who would know things. Hmm. I never thought about it, but I would have to agree, actually, with you. Because, yeah, I, I know a little bit about a lot, you know. So I would say Sayed Mortaza. All right. Good. All right. Sayed Mortaza or say no Mortaza. Cheating at a board game is okay as no. long as no one notices. <laughs> say no Mortaza. Nope. You have uh, a strict code of conduct. Well, because here's the thing. To me, if you're cheating, you're cheating yourself. Well, that's Fair. the point. You're playing a board game. With, the purpose of the board game is to play, to enjoy the setting and the people and the game. If you're cheating, that means your goals are to win, not to play. Defeats the purpose, in my opinion. That's fair. All right, I like Say Ed Mortaza or say no Mortaza. If you could find out how you were going to die, you would want to know. This is not a threat, by the way. I, I, uh, I appreciate you know. the. appreciate that. Good. We are in a closed room. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, it is the end of the day on hmm. at the end of a week. And, you know, people might not notice for a while. But. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Now I'm thinking twice about, was it a threat or not? Uh, <laughs> well, say no more, Taza. Okay. So. Why don't you want to know? If, is, is there a reason? or? I mean, a general reason is, I mean, really, do you want to live with the fear or however you want to look at it? Well, I mean, we all know that eventually we're going to die. Sooner or later, part of... Speak for yourself, sir. Okay, well, <laughs> at least everybody who has lived so far, so if we want to follow the scientific method, <laughs> everybody who has lived so far has died. So, chances says that we're going to die too. And, I mean, part of fun on life, not knowing. Uh, there's a lot of things that you could do or could not do. You would be limiting yourself or... You know, worst case scenario, living in a fear. So, yeah. no, thank you. Okay. Well, good, because I don't know that information. So <laughs> I appreciate it. And if you do, please don't let me know. All right, I won't. Uh, say it more does it or say no more does it. Uh, you can do a spot-on animal impression. Oh, God, no, I can't do impressions for anything. Oh, darn. I was, I was really hoping to, to get you making some I weird mean, and horrible noise. Yeah, I'm not afraid to try, but I have no idea what to do impressions of. <laughs> no, it, it's okay. Do you do an, an impression of a person or anything like like? Do you have a, a Wayne impression? Oh, I, I know. I see what you mean, but also no. Okay, good. I, it's it's a good idea to avoid that question. You can only get in trouble for I it. I mean, so. yeah, that's smart. Even if you know how to do it, you shouldn't. You just you should say no. But you know, sometimes you, sometimes I'll trap someone. <laughs> Once upon a time, you and I both volunteered at the Six Stones Back to School event where we gave out school supplies to families in need in the area. And that's where I learned that you speak multiple languages. 
Um, as someone who's been a developer for a lot of years, I'm sure you also know many computer languages. Yes. So which is more difficult to learn, a new computer language or a new human language? Human, definitely. Okay. Um, with computer language, as long as, as soon as you learn one of them, you understand the concept. They almost all of them fall in the same line. You understand the logic. You just need to apply, uh, apply its own syntax versus a human language. Not every language is structured the same. Um, you have some languages that you know have a similar grammatical structure, verbs, nouns, etc. Some languages don't follow that at all. Yeah. Or their own arbitrary rule. Well, not really arbitrary. It's you know in comparison to the languages we would know it sound or might sound arbitrary. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, yeah, it, 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 human is much more difficult. Those people. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like there's also those like slang things or the, the exactly. weird axioms or or whatever. Yeah, and and uh, location affects language a lot. I mean prime example that most of us would know. I mean, look at the U.S., just within the U.S., grab a Texan and someone from Boston, they'll find uh, quite the difference. I mean, we both speak English, yeah. I mean, and we haven't even left the country. Let's say U.K., Australia, or some other English-speaking languages. Location affects the language a lot. So what are the what are the languages that you do know? I, I'm... Not 100% sure I remember very well. Oh, I don't want to just A lot of up. them have gone away from me. but uh, That you know at least moderately well enough to, say, take someone through this back to school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the two main languages I speak fluently, uh, I hope English is the first one. You se seem to speak it pretty well. Yeah, I would say. Um, and Arabic, uh, specifically Lebanese dialect. Okay. Um, that would make sense. Yeah, because... <laughs> There is also different dialects, like, you know, you would say UK English, Australian English, and, and American English. Same thing with Arabic. Uh, you have a handful of different dialects depending on location, uh, even though the, the base language is the same. Um, Spanish, I can hold a basic conversation, but that's been going away from me. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been using it. And French, I was able to hold a... Okay. Very decent conversation, and now I can barely put some words together. <laughs> okay. I've also haven't used that in well, years. Don't worry. We're not going to speak any of I those I appreciate it. Here. Although now I have, like, another question that I sure. didn't think about before. If you're developing, is it all just, like, English or, like, how if you're developing in a specific language and you're Arabic, are you able to type? Does it type the stuff in Arabic or how does that work? Because that Not would be really crazy. <laughs> Actually, that would be cool to see. I'm interested. Uh, but not really because depending on the programming language you're using, there is not a lot of um, like words or, you know, English yeah. words in it. You find, of course, you find some. Uh, well, I'll, I'll take that a little back a little bit but 
I mean, you'll find something in a program and you say, like, if statement. I mean, yeah, obviously that's English. You're saying if this, then that. Yeah. Um, but there are some languages that don't have those directives. They just use symbols. Yeah. So it's just the different, like I was saying, it's a, I would say those different programming languages, I wouldn't really, most of them call them languages as more of dialects because the programming concept exists everywhere. Like yeah. I just explained, if, okay. then, that exists in every single language. You know, if something equal true, then do this. Otherwise, do something else. Some some languages say if else. Some languages have symbols. Some languages have different things. But the core, the concept, is the same. Exists everywhere. Okay. Yeah, I was just like wondering if if you had <clears throat> the if then, and I I only remember if in Spanish, which is like C, right? So <laughs> yeah. it, if if you're Typing in uh, no, a Spanish-speaking country, are they ready? No, that, that so really regardless, if you let's say you don't know English, you must learn those words. Okay, because the programming language is set; it's decoupled. I assume if a programming language was yeah. created w with a non-English speaker, I was going to say in Arabic, then yeah, or in oh, Arabic, if then uh, wouldn't be if then it would be something else. Okay, because those are tokens, not really. The way okay. we'd use them in a. Thank you for clarifying that. Yes. I assumed I had always kind of assumed that. Yeah. But then, I, as we were talking about languages, I was like, "Wait a second, <laughs> what if? Oh my gosh, this seems like that's a, a that's a great question. That's interesting. I never thought about it. So okay, pretty cool. Good. At least uh, someone found it interesting. Um, so when you know a lot of languages, do you have a favorite one, or is it just like these are languages I? Yeah, I they're tools. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, it depends on context. Because, you know, some languages have more meaning or actually, let me rephrase that, more granularity to express yourself depending on the subject. So if I have to describe, you know, depending on context, for example, for me personally, when it comes to like business conversation, English makes perfect sense. But maybe because I've never done business in Arabic, so I have no idea. Awesome. Um, but for example, romance, I would say English feels lackluster uh, yeah. versus other languages. French, actually. Spanish a little bit. Or Arabic, I would say it's much more descriptive. Yeah. I was going to say, even among the like very few things that I know when I think of... Even just the phrase like "je ne sais quoi," it yeah. sounds so much better than saying, "Oh, it has that certain I don't know what." That doesn't that doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound like nice. But when you say "je ne sais quoi," it's like, "Ooh." That, that yeah, sounds... it's it's a depending on the context. I would say, um, not favorite, more of what what enables you to express better. Okay. Okay, so last year I talked to, you mentioned that you've been here six years, so last year I talked to you for an internal five-year video. Yeah. And congratulations on that again. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you were nice enough to make me a little fun pro programmable board of color that we enjoy our, in our house. Cool. Uh, I just want to say, first of all, I'm not going to ask you for more things now, so um, yeah. don't don't be afraid of, like, um, oh, man, every time I talk to Brian, he's asking no, me for you, something. You Actually, last time you didn't ask, I offered. <laughs> oh, so. that, okay, good. There you go. Uh, so how did you get into tinkering and making fun side projects? Like when did you start and when did you say? Oh, um, 
like I expressed earlier, I've always been interested in electronics. Um, that was my Lego, <laughs> my version of Lego, <laughs> putting the pieces together to get something hopefully bigger than the sum of the parts. Um, but I, I, I've, my dad have fostered me into, you know, fostered my curiosity. I've always been a curious kid. Like, how does this work? How does that work? Uh, my dad was the nerd of his era. So we had the latest gadgets and things like that. And um, so when I grew up, there was a lot of, you know, 60s, 70s, gad 80s gadgets, or early 80s. Yeah. Um, and I would ask him to take them apart to figure out how they work. And he taught me the rule of thumb. Know when you don't know anymore and stop, know how to trace back. Yeah. So I can open up and disassemble a piece of electronics. I know I've been taught the safety, unplug it, et cetera, et cetera. And if I reach a point where I've gone too far, I don't know how to proceed further, I backtrack, put it back together, get it to a functional state. Um, one of my earlier proudest moments I'm going to share with you, even though you didn't ask. <laughs> hey, you take it from here. Um, I was, I don't remember, between 10 and 12. I had a small CRT TV that used to be in the living room. Now it's mine to play video games on. Nice. And over time, the pictures start shrinking, shrinking, and shrinking until it's gone and just audio. I need my video game fix. Yeah, you can't play an audio game. Exactly. Yet. So I, as usual, asked my dad, can I take it apart? Of course. It's not working anyway. Yeah, Go for it. took it apart. I kept looking. He was above my head. I didn't know. I mean, obviously, 10, 12-year-old kid, I have no idea what electronics are in it. Now I want to, I have a daughter who's then now I want to <laughs> give her a TV and be like, Take care of this. Yeah. Actually, now thinking about it, that was very dangerous because back then CRT TVs have a the cathode tube that holds a lot of uh, charge that doesn't get dissipated immediately. Thankfully, I never touched it back then, <laughs> but now I know. Yeah. Anyway, I found a little component that looked charred, burnt. So I desoldered it, took it apart, went to the uh, appliance repair store. I asked for another one. It was like, few cents, whatever, yep. came back, soldered it in place. TV worked. I was so proud. Yeah. Uh, happened again next year, but I knew exactly what to do. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, it's a relatively cheap fix. Yeah. That's good. Okay, so what what are you working on these days? I assume that you're not still doing CRT TVs. No. Unless, I mean, <laughs> apparently it's an every year fix. Well, when it comes to electronics, I – I haven't really been doing a lot of, I mean, the personal projects are mostly going uh, home automation. Okay. Um, I've always been interested in home automation, but I put on my tinfoil hat when it comes to putting my data in the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As a software developer myself, I know exactly what can go wrong. Yeah. And I don't trust putting my personal data going out on the internet. Yeah. So, and everybody should know. The cloud is just someone else's computer. Yes. Um, so I've been developing my own little... By the way, he makes it sound ominous. It doesn't have to be ominous. You should still use Elite on the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a different story. I mean, 
with a with a enterprise yes. software, there are rules and regulations you follow. Yeah. But in a if I'm getting the different, you know, wall plugs and wall switches, it's it's not the same as a fully fledged software meant for businesses and enterprises they're completely different standards yeah we, we so, also have like full teams dedicated to you know exactly all that stuff. yeah so it, it's completely two different standards okay so yeah i, I might have sounded a little <laughs> ominous but it was more of you have to know who you're trusting your information and know yes there like i said there is a difference between you buy a wall outlet for 20 30 bucks how much are really they're going to care about your data yep versus you know buying someone something from an enterprise from a uh, fully fledged uh, business geared for businesses that there are certifications and regulations that have to be followed yeah it's kind of like i guess if so if you go on a vacation and you go on this little like guided tour versus hey here's yeah. Uh, a snorkel. Exactly. Exactly. So the big difference between them. Yep. Uh, back to that. Yes, that's what I've been working on, creating the equipment where I can have it all locally inside my house, but being able to access it from my phone remotely. Nice. So, yeah. So does your does your house greet you when you, you come home and it says, hello, it Adam? It could. I didn't do it. I haven't set up that way, you, but maybe you, I can. Would you find that creepy, or would you? Is that something you're you're going to hmm. make as a goal now? I mean, if you, I mean, we we've all seen different movies, and yeah. you know, that's the way the future's supposed to look like. And I assume it's going to happen sooner or later. So, no, I wouldn't find it creepy, especially if I yeah programmed it to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's much scarier if you did not program. Yes, it. exactly. Okay. All right, so like a lot of people in the rental industry and within software development, you found a way to have a really successful career and see, you seem like you know what you're doing and all that kind of stuff I hope so. without a four-year degree. So what was your educational journey? I, I know when I looked at your LinkedIn, I saw Tarrant Community College, and hey, that was somewhere that I had, I had looked at uh, working before I joined Point of Rental. So I've, I've always been a little bit interested in community colleges. So why, why'd you go there? Um. So, I mean, honestly, if you're going for a degree, if you look at it, there's a lot of the base studies that you have to take regardless of the end goal degree. So you have your associate and then your bachelor's, but the associate, it's so generalized. Yep. It does not make sense, well, from a financial standpoint, yeah. to go to the university paying I don't know, up to 10x as much as you would pay in a community college. I mean, of course, everybody has different tolerance to what they want and what they don't and different palettes. But for me personally, I look at ROI. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to invest into a generalized subject that it does not go into detail of the thing that I'm trying to do later on in life, it does not make sense to go spend the more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not do the hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt to start off my career. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and especially with the price of education today, what is it? Something like 
thousand percent that it was in the late 70s to early 80s so yeah you would be starting with a huge disadvantage yeah instead of an advantage and and i know that you well i think that you did it as as part of uh i don't know i guess as as kids were kind of taught like you're not going to (laughs) get good jobs there's only so many places you can go and even once you have a career a lot of a lot of places will say like look you can't be a a leader of a team or you can't be management unless you have a degree so were you doing it straight out of high school or was it a case where it's like oh i'm gonna need it if i want to advance in my career well the sentiment about that subject is changing now um, it used to be at one point of time, skill was more important than education. That changed that the degree is more important. Uh, it shows the qualifications that, or at least it, it guarantees the employer that you have learned about X subject. Uh, today, that sentiment is changing again. That I would say, well... It's I'm not gonna, Everything yeah, always I'm not going to generalize, but I'm going to be more specific to software development. Yeah. Here's my realization. I was in, in, you know, studying and I was in college and I'm taking some programming classes and they, they teach some very outdated yeah. programs and, and programming concepts like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to discourage anyone from getting a proper education. Um, I chose to do this self-education path. I still studied all of this, but instead of studying the way they offered it in college where it was outdated, I chose to go and follow the updated resources. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I would actually say I have studied a lot more then if I would have stayed in college and continued, um, I can show you the list. One of my favorite um, applications is Udemy for, mm-hmm. uh, for resources and education. And I can show you my list is very, very long of courses I've, I've bought over the years and studied and still do. Yeah. Because um, software development changes so fast. Y- y- information that was valid a year ago today feels like ancient um wow you remember all the way back when that was relevant uh, yeah actually that's those kind of conversations do happen in software development like remember when we used to do it that way it feels like decades ago and it was just a couple years ago um it changes so fast so yeah um decided to go this that route instead um i, th- I think it, i think it works for for you especially you seem like a a naturally curious and motivated type person and i feel like it works really well for those people that are i have to agree with you yes definitely depends on the person <clears throat> yeah um i mean i have some <laughs> reservations about the way we do education. Yeah. Uh, that it's that's a different podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you this: it's it's most education is set up to fall in line. It it, it was set up for industries for for manufacturing. 
-hmm. So it when you go and study, it's more about you answering the way we're telling you how to answer versus think for yourself and answer it or think outside the box because every problem has multiple solutions. Each one of us is creative enough to figure out different solution. Uh, give a problem to a room of people, you should get at least, you know, half the number of the people in the room in solutions. Um, so there's no standard answer unless it's something for a fact. I was going to say that that's fair. I had a little different experience because I did journalism and English and stuff. And that in those things, there's like, you can have a, a, a lot of different answers and they're generally. Cool. Yeah, of course. It, it depends. You're absolutely right. It depends. And it depends on if you have a good educator. Yeah. There's a lot of factors for me. It, it was not just what I mentioned. There was other personal factors that made me go that route. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Community <laughs> college, uh, more affordable than, than regular college. And if, if you do your need homework. it, then fine. And yeah. if you don't need it, then hey, maybe you just uh, become really good at developing. Do your homework. Yeah. Regardless, today we do a lot of homework to see who do we listen to or what things we want to sign up for and do. It's the same with education. Yeah. Um, who's who's the, the, the educator? Yeah. Matter. All right, let's go to the five important questions. All right. Five important questions. Five important questions. Five important questions. What would you say is your greatest success in life? Um, I'd say greatest success is the ability to learn and adapt. Honestly, uh, I have opened a lot of doors and continues to. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And it all started with that, with that CRT TV. <laughs> started with the CRT TV. <laughs> all right. Now, what is your greatest fear? Fear. Um, oh, man. Greatest fear is losing that ability to learn. You know, age comes around to all of us. Yeah. And that's my biggest fear, to lose that ability to continue to adapt and evolve and learn. Yeah, it is, it is definitely a scary thing. When, yeah. uh, when I was going to the area show these last couple of weeks, I was watching uh, what, All Quiet on the Western Front, is that what it's called? And it's like, whoa, this is too heavy in dealing with mortality, and I'm starting <laughs> to ask a lot of questions that I don't want to ask myself. Let's get away yeah. from this. Yeah. Um, if you could tell first day... Point of rental, Adam, let's say. One piece of advice, what would you tell him? Uh, it's okay to not build thing, a thing perfectly the first time around. That's something I struggled with for a while. There's a little perfectionist in the back of my head that is sometimes paralyzing. Because you try to think of every single scenario and every single possibility and you think about it so much, it paralyzes you from really doing anything. Um, it has cost me time. It has cost me sanity. <laughs> so I've learned now and that's something I've 
uh, I've worked on. I was going to say, I feel like it's something that you have to always constantly. Oh yeah. Actively constantly have to think about and realize that you're going down that rabbit hole and say, okay, stop. You can version it. You can do it in revisions, get, get an MVP out, get a V1, V2, et cetera. And, it's not just in programming. I do this uh, all over every aspect of my life, but I've gotten much better and it saves me a lot of sanity. Me too. I I can definitely relate. I have like (laughs) stories and whatever. It's like, no, this has to be true. And like, it has to work through the end of time. Yeah. Cannot have to be okay. I don't want to be perfect. I, one of my favorite rules is the 80, 20 rule. It's one of my favorite things, and I always remind myself with it. It takes you 20% of the time to learn or to do 80% of the work. And that's it's the same thing I do with learn when I'm trying to learn a new subject. Ride that learning curve. Um, it's okay to settle for the 80% because it takes a little amount of time. And then let the 20 comes over time. Yeah. You refine, you hone in, you iterate to get there. All right. What is your most embarrassing moment as a pointer? <laughs> that has to be my first year where, uh, I at that time, I still didn't know the architecture of the expert repo. Mm-hmm. And I was working on integrating Moneris uh, into the into expert, mm-hmm. and there we had the development branch. I made an assumption <laughs> that's still in development. So at the end of the day, I just committed the code—a broken code—but into the development branch. We had just released 2017 I think or what um I don't remember that, exactly. sounds about right time wise yeah we had just released the year so the branches we were releasing from the from the development branch next thing next day I walked into the office to a catastrophe and everything's on fire and it's like, where I have broken credit cards for customers and I was unaware of. I spent the whole day uh, standing between the desks uh, in in customer service, uh, working with them as they get to uh, each customer calling in, have to hop on, take over, write a query to undo that damage. <laughs> so yeah, that was embarrassing because of an assumption I made. Yeah, so you've already apologized to all those people. If not, you want to apologize now. I definitely have apologized, and I do apologize again, uh, even though I I don't fully – I don't take the blame for all of it. But you (laughs) know what? I still apologize. That's people's businesses and livelihoods, and I was still green in point of rental. So, yeah. Okay, well, sorry, but even though you've apologized, uh, that's kind of admitting some level of blame, and now you're being sentenced to death because now uh, screwing up people's code is a capital offense. So it's going to be a rough time out there for developers. Um, What is your last meal and why? 
<laughs> Last meal. Oh. Hmm. I don't exact uh, some Persian food. You're just like this is a lot of pressure. And yeah. You know, uh, well, I'm about to die. What <laughs> yeah. does my last meal matter? It's <laughs> fair. So, uh, I would say some Persian food. Uh, I love Persian food. The rice. Okay. So that would definitely be my last meal. Okay. Any beverages or desserts? Um, beverages: a diet coke, a can okay. of diet coke, specifically, not the bottle. Very specific. Yes, the can. They say, taste different. I, I, I know there is a taste difference, but it seems weird to be like, I need to have Diet Coke on my way out. It's like, I feel like. I like the flavor. Honestly, yeah. it's, to me, the regular Coke, it tastes too sweet. Mm. It's it's not enjoyable. That's why I like the flavor of Diet Coke, not because it does not have sugar. If, if we have a if we ever had a hot takes section to this <laughs> thing, we might we might have to bring that one back. All right, all right. I have a lot of hot takes if you want. So yeah, okay. Well, I can help. I'll, I'll keep that in in mind because we do have some ideas for other segments to bring in. All right, deal. All right. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Uh, I mean, to be honest, it's tough to limit to one thing. We, I personally always try my best to strive to be the best version I could. So you ask Adam a month ago versus today, things have changed already. You'll ask Adam a month from today, different things have changed already. So it's a continuous thing. We're always changing. Or I strive to continue changing because nobody can be perfect. So that means there's always something to change. Mm, but this to strive for per- perfection. But this is like a wish kind of situation. So like <laughs> now you could wish to become perfect, but I don't even know what that entails. Yeah. Well, what is the definition <laughs> of perfection now for an individual? We're going, we're going philosophical here. Yeah, I was going to say, we went too philosophical and, and thoughtful on this one. Yeah. That's why my answer was just like, I just want to be able to dunk because like it would be so, it would feel so cool to have like, just be yeah, able to, that's to look cool. down on that. Well, yeah, I would love to be able to do sports, but well, I used to be good at basketball. Otherwise, yeah, nope. Okay. If you could change one thing at point of rental, what would it be? Oh. Don't worry, Wayne doesn't listen to this. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Um, to be honest, I had a bucket list of things that I, I would love to see. One thing about Point Rental that I've been saying over the years that I enjoy mostly is that we revise over and over our processes and pr- procedures and continue to enhance them. Maybe they don't go as fast as we wish, but Try to steer a ship with hundreds of people in it. It's not an easy task. So I would say I wish we can go faster if I can change, but I know that's unrealistic. Yeah. Don't don't throw too many people overboard as we're trying to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as we're trying to change. Okay. If oh, sorry, this this one doesn't start with if. Uh, right. What what is your spirit spice? My spirit spice. Mm-hmm. Turmeric. And and how does turmeric uh, relate to you? Why why are you like turmeric? 
It goes well in everything. Okay. All right. I, I believe you. I, I feel like you you go well, <laughs> at least here. What's something, whether relating to our software or not, that you could teach a three- to five-minute class about? I mean, I can teach three- to five-minute classes on a lot of subjects. I know a little bit about a lot. Mm-hmm. That's, so you tell that's, me. That's why the follow-up is, what would you be excited to get, do a three- to five-minute class about? Um, if, if I come up to you and say, hey, Adam, I need everyone in, in the company to make a, a three- to five-minute video that's just going to be engaging and interesting. I don't care what the topic is. Just just go with it. What are you making? Um, honestly? One exciting thing for me would be showing someone how they can uh, set up home a home quote lab unquote of of software and services. So instead of uh, there's a lot of services that you could use that are available. Some of them are available online, but to set up your own set at home is a lot easier than you think. Um, be it password manager, where you're the owner of the of everything uh, in your server instead of being somewhere else. Um, setting up all your media, your where the collections of DVDs and Blu-rays we've <laughs> we've yeah. collected over the, the years, you can all have them in one place and stream them anywhere you want around the world because they're sitting on your own server. Uh, and a whole bunch of different things. It will be cool to set up a three to five minute video show showcasing that. All right. I'm, I'm semi-interested in this pitch. Well, uh, might, might have to actually follow up with you about absolutely. getting All right. Well, thank you, Adam, for chatting today. And to anyone who made it the full hour with us, thanks for listening out there. Uh, let us know if you'd like to drop by sometime. We'll keep the porch light burning for you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you.